What's up? What's up? Bum, bum, bum. Hopefully soon I'm going to get some beats before this, make this landing or make this uh, takeoff a little smoother. Um, but welcome to another episode of the Pacers pod. I am Brian. I'm talking Pacers shit and uh, hope everybody's having a great day. And um, yeah, it's a Sunday afternoon, five o'clock. Daylight saving times is hit, so my goodness, it's almost dark. Um, but yeah, just getting ready for another week, and we're going to do a little recap here of last week, the Pacers action. Uh, we had four games last week, and then we're going to look ahead to uh, next week and um, the upcoming games that we have. And just, uh, yeah, so I'm just going to kind of fill you guys in on what's been going on. This is kind of like... Um, I guess a chill version of just talking sports. So uh, the Pacers had four games this past week. They had one against uh, a home game against the Portland Trailblazers. So CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard came into town. um, And they ended up beating the Pacers. Um, I thought that the Pacers... They looked really, really bad on the offensive end. They're, defensively, they did pretty well. Um, they did they did hold C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard to 16 and 17 points. So usually those guys are going off for like 50 combined, and the Pacers held them to 32. Um, but the rest of the team for Portland, they I think Portland had six or seven guys in, in double figures. Um, so the Pacers were just... You know, they did well on defense, but there just wasn't much going for them on the offensive end. Uh, The bench did not show up. The entire bench combined for 15 points. Um, That consists of Tyreek Evans, DeMontis Sabonis, CJ uh, McDermott, TJ Leaf, all those guys. 15 points. Um, That's just not going to get the job done. And the Pacers ended up losing by 10 points, 103 to 93. Um, so dropped a home game to a team that I thought, you know, I think the Pacers are better than Portland, but they just, man, they looked bad offensively. I thought it seemed like they'd go in these scoring droughts of like four to five minutes, uh, just these windows where they just couldn't buy a bucket. And so, uh, so the Pacers dropped that one. The next game, they went to New York for, um, a game against the Knicks and the Pacers, uh, that was a really cool game because we got to see uh, what DeMontis Sabonis can do. He had his breakout game. He ended up with 30 points, nine rebounds, three assists, only in 21 minutes of action. He did that on 12 of 12 from the field, so he didn't miss a single shot. Now, a lot of Sabonis' uh, touches are obviously right there around the basket, but it's great. It's great for him and his field goal percentage. So, you know, for Sabonis, he's hit a 30-point. That's a career high. Uh, that was against the Knicks, uh, which was great. I mean, the Knicks, obviously, are a team that um, are struggling this year. Uh, and they, But they actually looked decent against the Pacers. It, they uh, had Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a dude that uh, used to play at Michigan. He, had, he put up 37 points on the Pacers, tons of threes. Um, he's actually turned into a pretty, a pretty solid NBA player. Uh, without a whole lot of hype coming out of Michigan. And an old IU guy, Noah Vonley, he's on the Knicks now. He put up a double-double against us. Um, 
Vonley looks pretty strong, but he's, I don't know. I th- I think uh, well, they one of the announcers was saying that you know this might be his last stop. He's he's playing for his his career now, and uh, he's one of those guys that played at IU that I didn't like it. I didn't like rooting for him just because like of his he's so animated, um, like a whiner. There's a there's another guy that used to be like that at IU. Um, who was that? Hmm. Oh well. The guy. Oh, Thomas Bryant. Yeah, Thomas Bryant. It's like, all right, you're pretty solid. Of you're you're a good college player, but oh, you're hard to watch and root for, man. That's how Noah Vonley wasn't even. Thomas Bryant was worse. Who he's in the league still too. I think he might be on the Lakers. But anyways, a couple of uh, Big Ten guys um, playing for the Knicks and and was and they were putting up the counter the counter to uh, the Pacers. But the Pacers ended up getting that win, one hundred seven to one hundred one. Um, bounce back from that Thursday or that that loss to to Portland. Um, so that was on Wednesday, and then Friday, the Pacers traveled to Chicago, uh, a matchup with the Chicago Bulls, and just like what happened in the preseason, Chicago Bulls come out and just whooped up on the Pacers right off the tip. Um, at the end of the first quarter, it was a fifteen. The Pacers were down by fifteen points. The Bulls were just, and it sucks because you're watching them like, oh, these guys are horrible. Like this guy named Blakenly, they're not, they're not horrible. They're in, in the NBA, but you'd It's one thing to get lit up by, you know, Damian Lillard or or James Harden. It's another thing to get lit up by uh, Wendell Carter Jr. or um, Cameron Payne, something like that. And they were just putting it to the Pacers. And so, uh, but the Pacers were able to rebound um, and turn the script around after that first quarter. They bounced back in the second quarter, and the Pacers put a whooping back on the Bulls and actually took a, had a lead going in the half. They had a two-point lead going in the halftime. Um, the Pacers closed out the game strong. It was a uh, back and forth pretty much from, from halftime. The, the, the second half was pretty much back and forth. Oladipo looked really good. Um, he ended up with 25 points, 14 rebounds, and five assists. Um, he was crashing the glass, and <clears throat> uh, Oladipo hit a couple big shots at the very end to to seal the deal there for the Pacers. So uh, one one person I I mentioned earlier, but Wendell Carter Jr. He actually looked really solid. He's a rookie out of Duke, and um, he was in foul trouble most of the night. But I like the fact that. Whenever he came into the game, he was just making stuff happen. He kept his composure throughout the foul trouble. Um, I looked up his stats. He ended up with 11 points, six boards, and eight uh, and eight assists, uh, which is a pretty damn good stat line. I wonder if I typed that in wrong. I don't remember him having eight assists. But um, anyways, yeah, I, Wendell Carter looked good, and um, and the Pacers got the win. So. That puts us at you know two and one for the week so far. Going into Saturday night's matchup um, against the Eastern Conference favorites, the Boston Celtics. I think you could, I think you could probably still call the Celtics the favorites in the Eastern Conference, even though um, the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks have got off to such a hot start. I I still think that 
I still think that wise money would probably um, lean towards the Celtics just off the fact that they, they've got so much talent. Now, one thing that the Celtics, you know, I would say uh, they're uh, after their loss. Uh, well, I guess I just um, let's see. Yeah. They, so, well, let me just get into the game here. So the first thing I noticed, well, basically just the, the, the Celtics are still, I think, the best team in the East, even though Gordon Hayward has, has gone off to a, st- a real slow start. Really, none of their guys, they've got so much talent up at the top with Kyrie and um, Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, uh, Gordon Hayward, like all those guys. I wouldn't say that any anybody's necessarily having a breakout season or a, a good season. I think everybody's they're learning how to play together. Um, and the two teams that are ahead of uh, ahead of Boston and with uh, Toronto and, and Milwaukee, man, they they're looking like studs with Kawhi leading the Raptors and um, Milwaukee being led by a Greek freak. Both both those teams are hot right now, uh, but I still think Boston's probably the best team. And that being said. Um, Boston comes to town. So Saturday night, this is the biggest game of the Pacers' early season. Uh, the Pacers come in with a let's see, it was six and three record, and Boston was six and three as well. Um, you know, Boston started the season slow. They haven't quite found their footing, but they're uh, an elite team. The Pacers have taken care of business. Um, I don't think they had shown any flashes of brilliance, but um, they were competent enough to win some games. And so when these two teams matched up, um, this was, uh, you know, two of the top four or five teams in the East. So the crowd was into it. That was one of the things I, I picked up right away. Uh, it wasn't quite like you could still see some seats available, but it was loud. Um, the crowd was reacting to um the momentum of the game and not just kind of like individual plays. You could feel it kind of get more tense, especially it got really tense when the Celtics come, came out and just stomped the stomped on the, on the, uh, on the Pacers there. So the Pacers actually got down again in this game. They're down by 10 points at the end of the first quarter. And it, that had even been, it had been up more than that. Um, and so as a Pacers fan, you're thinking, shit, Boston looks good. Uh, the Pacers, you know, just they didn't they 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 were having a hard time, you know, getting any shots to go in, turning the ball over. Um, but then the Pacers were able to, like they did against Chicago, um, turn around in the second quarter and and make up that lead. So they ended up uh, outscoring Boston by ten in the second quarter and going into halftime all all tied up. Um, the game was even tied up after three points. It was a back and forth game really intense. I don't think any team really got up by more than five or six points after those, after the the haymakers in the first half. Um, So yeah, it was tied after three going into the fourth. um, You know, we got down, it it was down to like four points or so. uh, Let's call it with like two or three minutes. The Pacers end up coming in, uh, closing up that gap. Um, Let's see. Okay, so yeah, so okay. 
So Boston was up. Okay, so this is it, it came down to a final shot. Uh, so Boston was up two points with 29 seconds left, and the Pacers decide to play it out on defense. So that's like uh, they know that. Okay, so the most that Boston can do is use up, take a shot clock violation, burn 24 seconds, leaving five seconds left. So the Pacers are guaranteed to get a shot, but they're down by two. So they have to make sure that they get a stop. If Boston scores, you know, then it's basically over because you let them waste all the time. So there's another philosophy out there, which you could have gone out and tried to foul Boston, uh, make them hit it from the line. Um, You know, but the Pacers decided to play off the defense and Boston took the shot clock or actually the game clock um, all the way down to 12, 11 seconds before Kyrie Irving missed a, uh, it was a layup pretty much. He was right around the basket. One that I thought for sure he would make. He missed it. Um, Oladipo grabs the rebound. Pacers are still down by two points. There's about nine seconds on the clock. Oladipo pushes the ball up court. And Nate McMillan doesn't call a timeout. Oladipo dribbles up to the three um, right on the right next to Kyrie Irving. And I want to say it was Marcus Morris. Um, and about three seconds left, he rises up, nails a three-pointer. Puts the Pacers up by one, and then uh, then the the so Boston calls timeout. They still have three seconds, and so then they get to advance the ball to half court. And so if you know anything about the Celtics and their coach Brad Stevens, um, he's like the out of bounds guru. So he draws out like awesome plays. Like Boston always scores from out of bounds, um, especially underneath the basket. So this one being on the side, uh, you know, I don't know. So. I was nervous to say the least because all it would have taken was one shot. Pacers were only up by one. Um, three seconds left, plenty of time to catch the ball, dribble, catch the ball, pump fake, shoot. I mean, you got time to make a move with three seconds. And uh, Boston starts running their off. They start with their play. Hayward's inbounding. He does a basically a cross-court pass, and Oladipo picks it off, and Pacers win. Um, and it was a statement game for the Pacers. It was uh, a game that shows that, you know, they can take care of business at home against the best team in the East. Um, doesn't mean that, that they're going to beat the Celtics in a, in a series or anything, but it was just awesome to, to see that they, they got that win. Um, and the fact that, like, Oladipo was the one that put the game on ice. I thought that one of the things I was talking about last week's on last week's podcast was, you know, I think Oladipo, I want Oladipo to score 40 points or like make a mark, uh, like take on an alpha and and win a fight. Um, and he didn't get that this week, but he he was clutched down, down the stretch. So we had three close games. The last three games have all been close and Oladipo handled it with 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 ease and. Um, and he kind of showed, and he was, I mean, he's just guaranteed to get you at least 20 points every night. And he's, he's been killing it on the glass. So like he ended the game against Boston, obviously hitting the game winning three. And then it's also the shots that he hit before that. So it's, it's when the game's going from 92 to 93 to 96 to 98 to, you know, the stair step up. It's like, who's hitting? Well, in this Pacers Celtics game, it was Kyrie was killing it for Boston. And then Oladipo was answering back. Um, so yeah, having Oladipo 
24 points, 12 rebounds. That's coming off of the game on Friday night against Chicago when he had 14 rebounds. So two double-doubles in a row. Um, the Pacers bench was great. I thought they looked better than Boston's. That's one of the strengths of the Pacers is their depth. And I think everybody would say, um, including myself, that Boston has a bet, has more depth. But the Pacers, Pacers bench was better tonight uh, at home. And uh, it started with Tyreek Evans getting 17 points off the bench. And then DeMontis Sabonis, 12 points, nine rebounds, five assists. Just typical, typical Sabonis type shit. Um, and for Boston, their top guys had a pretty quiet night. Gordon Hayward only had four points. Jason Tatum and Horford ended with 14 apiece. And then Kyrie had 18. Actually, Marcus Morris led the led the Boston scoring with 23. So, man, just an awesome win for the Pacers, you know, finishing up the week three and one, um, making their overall record seven and three. And I thought just like when you look at those four games, um, kind of collectively, uh, the big shots by Oladipo really stands out winning those close games, those three against New York, uh, New York, Boston, and Chicago. All three of those close games getting those wins. Um, I did see a stat that said that the Pacers are 13-2 and two, um, since Oladipo joined the team in games decided by three points or less. 13-2 and two is pretty damn good. That actually leads the league or whatever. So that's uh, close games the Pacers are winning. Um, winning well uh another some another takeaway from this week uh would be the miles turner demontis sabonis situation so obviously with sabonis's amazing play of late um coach mcmillan is is needing to find ways to get him in the game more um and one of the things that have what you know sabonis is getting a little bit more run uh but what what happened this week was in the game against Chicago, I think it was Chicago. It's either Chicago or New York, but Sabonis, they went with Sabonis. Oh, it was probably New York where he had 30 points. Yeah, they went with Sabonis over Turner down the stretch. Um, but then last night I saw they did that for a while. They had Sabonis um, in the game until like the last two minutes, and then they put in. Miles Turner uh, for defense. So it seems almost like coming down to the end of games, it might be like Turner for defense, Sabonis for offense. Kind of like sometimes you see, um, well, we also do that with um, Darren Collison and Corey Joseph. So Darren Collison gets subbed in for offensive possessions and Corey Joseph for defensive possessions. Um, Sticking with Miles Turner, well, actually, about that Sabonis and Turner and, and who finishes the game. Right now, I just think it's all Sabonis. You, you've got to play Sabonis as much as possible. He's a stud, and he's our team is better. He he helps with the rebounding, um, and he's just a rock-solid player. Uh, but I like having Turner, too, so um, I'm not calling for any changes, but I like the fact that you know Coach McMillan is willing to shake up his rotation a little bit and, and ex- offer extended minutes, just a bonus on circumstances. Um, so 
Miles Turner, since the last time we talked, his blocks shots have got his average has gone up. He's up to 2.4 blocks a game, which puts him third in the NBA. Which that's actually where Miles has been the last couple seasons total. He's ahead of uh, the Stifle Tower. Um, I was actually surprised to see that he was third in the NBA, but he ended up he had six blocks, I think, against uh, or yeah, against the Bulls. Turner had six blocks, actually a game-winning block um, or a game-saving uh, block. Uh, yeah, so Turner with uh, two, almost two and a half blocks a game, third in the NBA. The Pacers are seven and three, third in the Eastern Conference. The Toronto Raptors, Milwaukee Bucks are each um, ahead of Indiana right now with one loss each. Um, Boston and Philly, Philadelphia are right behind the Pacers. Boston at six and four and Philly. I believe it's probably a six and four as well. The Pacers still have seven guys averaging double figures, making them, they've got to be the deepest team in the league. I know Boston has six guys, uh, but the pace, if you count Darren Collison, I'm counting him. He's gotten, he's averaging 9.7. Um, that's close enough to 10. So that gives us seven double figure score, seven, seven double figure scores. Um, Oladipo stats. He's rock solid, 22 and a half points a game, seven boards. Four assists and, and 1.7 steals. His rebounding is way up, um, especially off after these last two games, going 12 and 14. Um, the Pacers overall are 28th in the NBA in rebounding. Uh, thank you to uh, – I had a call in about that. And um, just another stat here, the offensive rating on the Pacers right now is 7th, and the defensive rating is ninth. And that's pretty damn good. When you look at those, I don't understand exactly what makes up those those two rankings, but I know that's kind of a, a, a stat that you can kind of look at. And, and it makes sense if you look at who's at the top of these two, um, like Golden State is first in offensive rating. It's like, OK, that makes sense. The Pacers are seventh. Well, that's pretty damn good. Um, Golden State was 10th in defensive rating. Paces are ninth. Uh, I, you know, it, it just makes sense. The teams, Oklahoma City's high in defensive rating. Um, but the Pacers are top 10 in both. Uh, so that I know the only two teams I saw that had better rankings would have been um, uh, Toronto and Milwaukee, unfortunately. So um, what's next? So the Pacers have four more games this next week. They've got the Houston Rockets at home tomorrow and the Rockets have won their last two games. The Rockets got off to a one and five start, but they've won their last two games um, against shit teams, the Brooklyn Nets and Chicago Bulls. Um, however, James Harden is back. Um, so the Rockets seem to have a little bit of uh, momentum coming into Indianapolis tomorrow night. Um, but we have momentum too. We're coming in off a three-game uh, three-game winning streak, three close games. Um, we had a home game, so they actually get some good rest coming into the Monday game. Um, and I'm 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 saying the Pacers are going to get that win, get that win, yo, get that win against the Rockets. Uh, and then on Wednesday, the Pacers have a are a home again. This time against the Philly Philadelphia 76ers. That's got to be another win. Um, and this is all part of 
the November to remember. Uh, that's something if you've been watching the Pacers game, you you would know. Uh, but if you don't, then you don't, and you, and then uh, that's your loss. Uh, but in November to uh, November to remember starts off with uh, a win against the Celtics, then a win against the Rockets, then a win against the 76ers. You know what I'm saying? And so we're going to get that done. Um, and uh, it's going to start with the, that win against the Rockets and then beat Philly on Wednesday. Then we go to, then we go Friday. We, we fly to Miami. Um, and I'm going to say another win there. Um, I know I'm getting kind of greedy here, but I think that the Pacers can win three games. And then the last game of the week is a Sunday game back in Houston uh, where we're going to play the Rockets again for the last time of the season. I'm going to give us a loss on that one. Um, I'm going to say, hey, uh, you know, you can't win every single game. That would have been a six-game winning streak. Uh, So coming off of Miami, that might be – uh, kind of a tough one to go to. And then and then after that game against um, the Rockets on Sunday, then the Pacers have like a long homestand. So I just think they're going to lose Sunday. So for next week, well, first of all, last week, um, they ended up with, the Pacers ended up with a par going, going three and one. They won the big game. I'm so glad they won. They beat Boston. Um, for this next week, I think if the Pacers win three or more games, that's a birdie. If they get two, that's a par and one or zero losses would result in a bogey. So far, we've got pars all year round week two, at least when I started doing this. So week two was a par week three was a par and, um, yeah, I think week, I think this next week, um, Winning that, beating Rockets and 76ers at home would be sweet. Okay. Um, so that's a look ahead to next week. Let's go ahead and get three wins. Put us up to 10 and four the next time that we talk. Um, before I get going again, here's some uh, good stuff. I had a concert that I went to in Chicago on Halloween. I got to see Joy Wave and Sir Sly. Um, there's a band called floor cash that opened uh they were pretty good they're they they had a couple songs that were i really really liked they had great great beat to them um it's kind of loud but a lot of their stuff was um just kind of slow and soft um wasn't really in the mood for that but anyways then joy wave came on and joy wave was the my favorite band of the night I thought that they they were way better live than what I appreciate about them uh, when I'm just listening to them in my with my headphones. Um, they have good they have good stage presence and they kept it fun and the, they brought a lot of energy. I would definitely see Joy Wave again. Um, and then Sir Sly, Sir Sly was like awesome. Um, so I went with my brother and I, he might have been a little. I don't know, a little uncomfortable, which I get. I remember the first time I went to um, like an alt show. Uh, I saw Brand New and Thrice maybe. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, I was in college and it was the first time I'd ever gone to a show besides like 
Rascal Flats or uh, Tom Petty or something. And uh, like music that you don't really know that well, um, but it's it's loud. Um, and so anyways, I, I do I kind of feel for my brother. Uh, you know, he wasn't it wasn't his scene. He didn't really know the music, uh, but we had a good time anyways, uh, which was nice. And um, but anyway, Sir Sly was I thought they were they were really sweet. And uh, but they committed a cardinal sin that I didn't even know existed. They uh, they got we got down to like three songs left. And they played their hit single High, which is like, I've been smoking on the peace pipe. I've been wondering what would peace be like. It's like, I'm high, staring at the ceiling. Something, something, what a wonderful feeling. It's a great, it's a good song, you know. But so they they played it and everybody went crazy. And then it's like, oh yeah, woo, woo. You know, you stop clapping and get ready for them to play the next song. It's like, let's do that one again. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So they they played the same song. Not just, I, I, I actually, whenever, <laughs> I went to see uh, with my wife in Champaign, Illinois. We went to see Warrant, an 80s band. And they have this song, Cherry Pie. And um, this was at the uh, Sweet Corn Festival, I think, or something. And Warren opened up with Cherry Pie to everyone's delight. And then at the end, they closed with Cherry Pie. And I thought, oh, that's like, are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to play the same song twice? And I was like, well, you know what? I mean, everybody came because they'd heard Cherry Pie. So give it, give the people what they want. So they did Cherry Pie. They bookend the concert with Cherry Pie. But, All right, that's fine. Well, Sir Sly took it to another level. They played their hit song, and then they tried to play their hit song immediately after that. And I'm trying to keep this thing together, you know, because, like, I'm there with my brother, and my brother is kind of like, dog, I'm ready to bounce ASAP. I've been ready to bounce for four hours. He was putting off those kind of vibes. Uh, also, getting a swerve on. Um and so when Sir Sly did that, I, I I didn't make my brother patiently wait. You know, I was like, dude, I, I drove here. This is my concert. And I had a great time. Uh, but then when Sir Sly dropped that back-to-back -back hit song, I said, no, nah, man, I'm ready to go. Uh, so we got out of there. But uh, it, was a, it was a good time. And I got to deal with city life a little bit. I came in on Wednesday. So I went to work on Wednesday. Um, and got off work. I took off at like 4.30 and ended up driving driving through Chicago, like right at rush hour. Um, so I, I got to experience that. And then I also got it on Thursday morning because I left about 8 o'clock in the morning. So um, that's one thing I do appreciate about living out in the boonies is you don't have to deal with that traffic. Uh, but it was also cool to be in the city. I ended up getting kind of sick, which I'm getting over with finally right now. But anyways, that was a good time. Uh, another cool thing. This one's for me. I'm getting my braces off tomorrow. No more, no more old man, baby face, braces, boy. 
Um, I've, I've dealt with these braces for like 16, 17 months. And, you know, I've come to love them. <laughs> Not love them, actually, but I've, I've grown accustomed to the braces. And uh, but I'm ready to get these motherfuckers off. You know what I mean? Um, and so those are coming off tomorrow. Brand new man. And I'm feeling like, you know, I can do whatever I want with this new smile. And um, and that leads me to kind of like my mantra, which is like, keep taking chances and uh, don't be afraid. So that's something that I'm dealing with with in my life. Uh, just try to push myself to not be so comfortable all the time and don't be afraid of the uh, consequences uh, because usually, you know, it's like, oh man, I don't want to take on any more leadership or fill in the blank. Um, but it's something that is good. It's something that's good to try and something that's good to, uh, to learn from and, and be a, be a more uh, hopefully, you know, kind of well-rounded human and, and a, a bigger positive for society in general. So anyways, uh, keep taking chances. Don't be afraid. That's my, uh, that's my good vibes I'm sending out and, um, yeah, have a good week. Let's go Pacers. I'm thinking three, I'm thinking three wins this week. Thinking we can get, I think we can get both of these home wins, which would be, oh man, people, people will be start talking. We beat the Rockets and then the 76ers, and we're looking at a 9-3 and record. Uh, people be start talking. And then uh, that Friday at, at, at Miami, we'll just get it done, and then and then we can we can punt on that Rockets game on Sunday. So three wins for the Pacers. Uh, hope everybody has a great week. Uh, appreciate you listening. Peace.